And welcome back to Scav Talk, everyone. Today's episode, we got a ton of news, actually. First, starting with some ammo craft changes, uh, followed by a hack. The launcher got hacked, I guess, is <laughs> part of the news. Um, some other updates as well. Some teasers from BSG, some street screenshots. Um, and we got a couple different interesting little tidbits on some anti-cheat related stuff. So, Giga, uh, yeah, how you been, man? How's the new and improved Giga Beef internet? Look at you all crisp and clear and quality, dude. It is. It is good. It is good. I have been I have been slacking on the YouTube content and I'm like right up against it because I've spent most of this week tinkering, fiddling, optimizing, changing stuff, setting things up. And it is taken it's taken way longer than I expected. Like it's I don't know. I, I think once you start delving into it, it just becomes like really, really crazy. Um, but anyway, the, the Internet. The internet got turned on and um i yeah it's just like it's just disgustingly good right like i, I said before what the the change in speed that i was expecting to get and it's like literally 200 times faster than i had before on the upload side which to say that it's you know a game change is kind of um underselling it even to be honest because like yeah before i had four and a half uh, megabit of of upload and now i have 900 so no matter what I do, basically, it's just like no big deal. Um, it's quite funny. I have this. Um, my dad told me about Amazon Photos where you can just like back your stuff up. And I've got like I've got mountains and mountains and mountains of photos. And I was just running because I was just, like in the background, just like may as well leave it on while I'm doing other stuff, just like having it running. I think I had it on for three months or something just in the background, just like running passively or whatever. Um, the new Internet came. I like went to go get lunch and I came back. And it was finished. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God, because like 200 times, like it sounds it sounds a lot. But you have, when you put it in context, it's actually really extreme. It's like yeah. if a video before took um, 200 minutes to upload, which is like th yeah, th three hours, 20 minutes, it now takes one minute. It's like when you put it in that those terms, you can see how crazy it is, right? It's like actually insane. And then you just have the ability to send as much data out as you want to any different platform or whatever. So I've also started, I've also started doing some YouTube streaming as well because I, I didn't want to do it before because like it didn't, just didn't make sense like the, the reason why you go over there to do that is because they allow you to stream in like way higher quality than twitch um and with my crappy internet it just there was no point there's just like no point trying it at, at that stage or i didn't really want to but uh, that's obviously brought in some like interesting interesting things i did a test stream on wednesday which was um yeah just on youtube which was which was fine and mm -hmm. i like streamed some stupid bit rate and it was it was all good then uh, then yesterday yesterday i tried to do it uh i tried to do youtube and twitch uh and also record locally all at once and, and the issue <laughs> the issue is i ended up like get, i delved like right into the weeds here. i was like reading like nvidia's like nvenc documentation and stuff because i tried uh, I, th I think it was basically a load of the settings in obs because i had i'm still like figuring out oh yeah i, I told this to church just before but i'm also the two the two different programs that people normally use to do streaming is either streamlabs obs or normal obs and streamlabs obs is like the noob version and it's because a friend, like back when I started, I was like, oh, I'm thinking about getting into this. And he was like, oh, you should try looking at Streamlabs because it's really easy. You just you, know, you log in and you just like connect to Twitch and stuff. Like, you'd have to put in any keys or anything like that. You just log into it and stuff. And um, there's loads of th things that are automatic in there. But 
it's, you know, there's like been controversy with the company and they kind of just like basically taken OBS and then like paywalled a load of the, the interesting features. So it's like a little bit shady, plus the fact that you can't do everything that you want to do. And it's like OBS is a lot better anyway. So I've transitioned the entire, the entire stream over to normal OBS from Streamlabs as well at the same time in the middle of this to try and get some more control, um, which is, yes, yeah, so that's like added to the complexity. So yeah, yesterday on, on Thursday, I tried to stream on. So, okay. Okay, let me let me add one more piece to this. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm getting. Uh, I don't even know which order I should talk about this. I've got like my my mind is just broken. You can probably <laughs> tell like my mind is so full of stuff after this week. Okay, so okay, I'll I'll leave that for a second. Okay, so what I tried to do on Thursday was I tried. So I have a weird res on my on my screen, but it's basically 1080. We'll just pretend it's 1080 for a second. So I was I was basically streaming to YouTube in my res but upscaled to 1440p because that enables the vp9 encoder on the youtube side otherwise they use the lower quality right. encoder and it looks bad mm. meanwhile and that was in like 25k bitrate streaming simultaneously to twitch downscaling to 920 oh, at, at 8k yeah and then recording locally in my native res using cqp24 so I've got like three encodes happening simultaneously. And I, I looked around on, online and it was like, originally you could only do, th like the MVNC encoder is actually really, really strong. It's like really powerful because it's so fast um, and it's like a hardware thing. So it's like sick. And you could do three originally and they actually upped it to five for some of the like the newer ones, um, which is in the 3070s. Like that was no problem. Um, that was when a very I, when recent I, thing they did too, right? Pretty recently. Yeah, yeah pretty I remember recently. hearing about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, try, I, tried, I tried to do it and it was just like, <laughs> that's too much it's too much like the whole thing just started everyone was like because people before were saying oh your camera's kind of lagging when i clicked go record and i was like hmm okay and then i tried it in woods and i was like oh no it's actually the whole stream you were just in the stash so we couldn't tell uh, i was like oh god so i went and looked at the settings but it turned out that um afterwards i had uh like multi-pass on and stuff i think the obs has got like a load of multi-pass settings on automatically huh. so um, and what that does effectively, it does like an encode to figure out what the next frame, like how the next frame needs to be encoded, or like it does an encode to figure out how many, there's like lots of different things that, um, I'm not like a super, super, super expert in it, but basically it does an extra set of encoding. And, and um, when I was reading through the documentation, it was like, yeah, MVENC can deal with, um, it can deal with two 4K streams at 60p, or two 4K encodes at, six, at uh, 60 hertz. So I was like, okay, well, I mean, that's, that's quite a lot. I like, my encodes probably don't get to that, but if mm -hmm. I'm double encoding everything, then it does. So I turned off multi-pass on everything and changed it from, I think there was like, they've added a load of presets now because it used to be like the X264 stuff. It was like very fast, fast, like medium, right. slow, da, da, da. They've like got rid of all that and changed it over to like P1 through P7, uh, which I like. Oh, yeah. Was learning about like yesterday because yeah. that, that wasn't in, stream, in Streamlabs version I was using, but it is in OBS. Anyway, so I changed some of that stuff and I'd ran a test today, a private YouTube stream with using Twitch in test mode and recording onto my own machine and everything looked fine and the recording looked beautiful and everything was like, you know, Twitch was like, yep, this is cool. And YouTube was like, yep, this is cool. And it all looked good. Um, I do actually think this is going to be made slightly easier um, by this is the thing I was going to say before. So I, I finally, because, because this whole like, 1440p unlocks the better quality on youtube thing mm -hmm. i have to like upscale everything i do which is really annoying and um people have been badgering on, on me about uh 
about getting a, getting a better monitor for ages because I actually play in 60 hertz and everyone's just like, uh, you know, every time I mention it. Um, and then because of this, I was just like, okay, well, if I'm like, if I've got these live streams going and we've got like a, you know, the VODs channel coming back or whatever, I have to then like re-render everything or like rendering it live, you know, upscaling it live right. and stuff. It's just a pain. Like there's no need for that. Yeah. So I was like, right, this is the thing that's finally tipped me over the edge. So I've like, so I bought a 1440p monitor, 144 hertz. So that's coming on Monday. So when, when I get that, I'm going to have to go back through all the settings again and re rescale everything and blah, blah, blah. But that means that then I should be streaming out to YouTube like natively Native, in 1440p yeah. without having to do any freaking weird upscaling stuff. I just have to downscale Twitch a bit and then just record locally also in 1440. So even though it's a bigger res, it should actually be like less taxing from an encoding yeah. perspective because it has to do less like, you know, right. make this one bigger, make this one smaller, like yeah. encode this and that. Like it's, it's all this crazy stuff. So um, yeah, I've been like, I've been delving deep into the weeds this week, dude. It's been, it's been crazy. But um. But yeah, no, it went it went really well. It's been really going really, really well. The YouTube side's like insane. As you imagine, it's one of those things where I think YouTube streaming getting started there is like really tough. Um, you kind of need like the VOD backing. But you know, if you already have a channel, like I do, fortunately, then you press go and it's um there's like a you know a bunch of people see it and whatever. So we ended mm-hmm. up I think there was there's like two to two and a half times as many people over there as on Twitch normally, which I was like wasn't really surprising, I guess, but it's just like, I didn't really know how it was going to go. So sure, it, was nice sure. to, it was nice to see it. It was nice to see it. I was like, okay, this does, this is actually cool. Um, so yeah, it's fun. There's lots of, lots of stuff going on on that side for me for just like setting everything up. So yeah, I'm just like going, hmm, I should really make a video. I'm just like, I really want to just like fiddle with OBS for, you know, another three hours, <laughs> whatever. Um, I don't think I'm kind of there though, which is good. I guess like, yeah, Tarkov related stuff maybe i'll talk about it in a, in a bit but um kind of fi- kind of finished with the labs thing i did finally find the gpsa we got it got it in the end we got it in the end thank goodness it for is that. real it does exist it does it does exist and uh we got it and it's it's all good and we had some like we had some cool fights i've got some cool well a couple of cool tales which uh i guess but yeah i'll, I'll talk about it in a little bit but um otherwise it's been good been good how's your uh how's your week how's your week been, you been um pretty good I um, just recently was playing the uh, the Cycle Frontiers new season three. Um, lots of changes there, and um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Kind of maybe we'll we'll talk about too. Kind of how it could relate to Tarkov. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's just been actually. I mean, there's kind of been a lot going on and in the Tarkov space and then the whole anti-cheat side and everything. It's very, very fascinating. So yeah, I guess just jumping, jumping right into the news. Um, <laughs> the first thing I guess we'll talk about was the, the ammo changes, which I was pleasantly surprised to see them, uh, you know, make improvements to it. Um, which is good. So the, uh, a lot of the, Ammo crafts in the hideout got um, reworked slightly, improved to be more. Uh, what would you say? Reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Usable. Yeah. Viable. It, exactly. Which is exactly. good. There's kind of like there's kind of three things for me with these, mm-hmm. um, which is you know the time that it takes, and some of them are right. just like entirely unreasonable. There's the cost which for some of them is really high. And then there's like how many you get per, yeah. per, per crafting cycle or whatever. 
and they've kind of done a bit of a mix and match of each mm-hmm. one. This is actually what I was um what I, what I was, it was quite funny. So this is actually what I'm going to end up um like doing videos wise because I was I was going to do like a labs thing, but I'd like I need to spend a bit more time on it. Like I, I haven't haven't justified the time yet. So I've actually been looking at this today, and um, it's kind of intriguing. Um, I think so. It's like forty five AP. You know, so they've added a couple more rounds. You need, you need like from one hundred twenty to one hundred and fifty um, laser match now. But the production time's gone down from nearly fifteen hours to just under nine hours, which is is pretty big. I mean, like the, a fifteen hour production time is like really annoying because it's like all of the day. Whereas eight hours forty five, you can craft some in the evening, and then you can like get up in the morning, and then you can like craft something else. Yeah, you know, like if you if you're really dedicated and want to do right. that, it was like fourteen hours. It's just like well. It's just kind of dead time, like unless you're specifically there at your computer, like when you press go minus eight hours the following day, <laughs> just re- it's just really awkward. And that, that's the thing about it. It's just really, really awkward. Um, but that could be kind of cool. I was like looking again at that one, 45 AP, because it's actually it's actually pretty cheap. Like it's quite it's quite a reasonable craft. Um, let me find it because I think it's only about 700 or 800 per bullet because you need a hawk like some of these cheap bullets 150 of laser matches one eagle and a pack of nails so that's it like you don't actually need that much and now this bit shorter like it's a it's a kind of you know it's a kind of maybe <laughs> it's a kind of maybe it's yeah. not the best brand ever but like it's it's okay yeah more op- having more viable options is always a good thing and i really you know appreciate that they uh you know are are adjusting the system to to provide i mean they got a lot of levers they can pull which is interesting you know mm-hmm. you get, as you said you get the cost lever the time lever the the um you know how much you actually get from doing it lever um yeah and yeah i mean looking looking at some of these like the apsx was originally 21 hours now it's 10 hours like that's a much like you know obviously they change other things too about it like you get more ammo but it's 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 good it's all very good stuff um one thing that i do find interesting about this is now that we're in this new era of tarkov where you know you have to there's there's a bit there's a bit more scarcity than what there used to be um in different iterations of tarkov but specifically with the all the flea mark bands now the traders don't provide a lot of these ammos Mm. um and or if they do, they're like a really high level. You know, you need like max loyalty. Yeah. And um Yeah, so now you have to f- like do a lot of crafting or find it in raid. And it's kinda interesting because we went from like one like BSG's always kind of said like they like this whole they like the stock limits. You know, they like these things about the game. And um, you know, the previous meta was you would go buy all the rounds from all the traders, you know, cause you never know what you might end up using. Um, so you re- it's better to have the ammo on hand so you can use it, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, now it's a lot more difficult to, and like one of the frustratings was one of the frustrations of that older system was you had personal limits and you had global limits. So like you, you know, you're you would have enough personal limits to be able to buy the thing, but the global stock would be out on like M80 or something. And it's like super frustrating because you weren't you weren't there on time around the resets. But uh, I say all that to say that now it's like we kind of have a similar thing. Like there's you can only get so much. You're only allowed allotted so much ammo 
for each crafting time. You know what I mean? Like I can't like get if I want APSX, for example, I can get 180 every 10 hours, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but the the one difference that I like about it um is that it's now uh, a little bit more of a market driven price, you know, if yeah. Do you have cuz you have those components like the gunpowder specifically and then whatever like unique item like some of them take like bolts or something, you know, for like it's it's craft and uh you know if that thing becomes popular or whatever, you know, you have that market fluctuation and it kind of helps uh address some of those issues with the old trader system where it's like a fixed price. So I I, I like it. It's it's just interesting how we still kind of have that same old uh remnants of here, comrade, is your allotted amount of seven six two BP, brother? Now go, <laughs> go get my freaking bucket watch or whatever. But uh, it's kind of this. It's a little bit kind of that same idea, but it's also different as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot better. I don't, I like the system more, just simply for what mm. we've talked about previously, right? It's like it's as if you had a once a day limit with mm-hmm. a trader, and you could buy. Either BP, M8, you know, M9, M5, M61, right. whatever. That would that would do the same thing. It's just like here's three good things that you want. You have to make a, a choice, and that's the thing about the, the stock limits and stuff. Is if you were there for each reset, you could just buy whatever you wanted of each one, like the maximum amount, and it wasn't really that interesting. Whereas this, I think it's better. It does mean that it needs to be balanced more carefully because otherwise people just choose the same things. Like I'm still not sure if anybody's going to be crafting SS190. It's still really expensive. Like the P90s is okay, but and you can use SB193 in it, and that's fine. Um, and you're not really, you don't really buy SS190 for the 37 pen, right? Like you, you buy it because yeah. it, it's got a 50 round mag and it's 900 RPM and it's the P90 and it goes pew pew pew. So right. like SB193 is is just as good because you're trying to hit a headshot. Really, you're not trying to drill through class five. So it's like, does it justify? Does it justify mm-hmm. it? Like, if you're using the P90, are you happy to take a step down because you're crafting M995 in there or BP or something for when you're not using that gun? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like the, the step up from 85501, like a PS to BP is probably the best example. The step up from PS to BP is so big that it justifies you using the step down on the P90 to then use BP with your 7.62 guns. You know, like that's the way that I see it anyway. So I don't know. You have to balance it more carefully because, like, right now, from what I've seen, it's basically like M995 actually seems to be the vogue right now. It's like the in thing. Everyone seems to be having the M995, and it's it's actually not that expensive. It's like a thousand around. Yeah, it's really not. Yeah, you get like two hundred, and yeah. it's like it's long, but it's not it's not that bad, um, especially given it's top tier. And I guess like BP and M61. Although I haven't seen as much M61 yet um, being used. I was thinking about starting to use it, just like blow everyone apart because like, not that many people are using it and that's like time, what three to four times more expensive oh yeah it is but and you but only you get 60 fire, rounds you probably or? fire three to four times less rounds like when you get yeah. when you get hit with m9m5 it's like you know people just like lazy like hosing this stuff out whereas m61 is just and then you're just dead that's it like it's, it's a completely different endeavor mm-hmm. as far as i'm concerned but um I get your point though. It is exp- it's like three or four k M six one. Like yeah, it's ex- it's expensive, sure, and you don't get that much. But um, it's like it's just yeah, it's it's fascinating. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. there's like so much value on rounds that have a a good pairing that you can buy. You know, it's like the the Ash twelve is really awkward. Like because PS twelve B, you can't really stack that with PS twelve because PS twelve just is bad. 
you basically have to have all PS12 B, or otherwise it doesn't work. BP's sort of like that. Like you can stack it with PS. I have done, but it can get you killed. Yeah. Whereas M905 is great because you can buy 855 A1 separately. It's not a workbench thing. Right. And you can go and go M995 855 A1. one is still good. You can stack those two things together. And I actually think that with the production time and the cheapness and the amount, I actually feel like APSX might, there might be a, an argument for it at, at this point. Like it's, it's looking kind of good. Like it's not, hmm. it's still kind of pricey, but it's, I don't know, in CQ, I, I feel like in CQB situations or in certain maps, I think it could be all right because you've still got FMJ to stack under it. Right. And it's, you know, the same pen as M995 does less damage, but you've got the 950 RPM and it doesn't, you know, it's still it still beats out an M4 or HK in terms of in terms of that that speed, but without having to you know mod the weapon to some ridiculous extent. And even then, it's still maybe not feeling that great. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm intrigued about it. I'm intrigued. It seems like the standout one, right? You like look through all these other rounds, and it's like 45 AP with 38 pen. You've got SS 190 with 37 pen, BT with like 39 pen, APSX with 53 pen. It's like, holy moly, like that thing's, it really is to stick out. And, um, and the MP7 is already good and people like it. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe, there's, maybe there's a place for it. Maybe there's a place for it. But yeah, I mean, I guess like the, the full list. So yeah, SS 190 got, you now get 180 rather than 100. APSX, you get 180 rather than 120 and it's half production time and slightly cheaper. Um, the Ash 12, you now get 80 rather than 60, but I just, oh no, sorry, you get 100, oh, you, wait, no, hold, hold, yeah, no, you do get 80 rather than 60, sorry, you, you need another 40 of the PS12 A's to make it, so it's a bit more expensive, but you get a few more, still don't think it's worth it. Um, 45 AP, you get 150, oh no, sorry, you get, I'm getting confused now with the inputs, so it's <laughs> a little bit more expensive at half price, and then 9 by 21 BT, which is the shrimp one, that's been made cheaper, and that used to be 15 hours and is now 9 hours, so you can actually use the SR m2 um a little bit a little bit more easily uh, spp got adjusted too but spp just sucks like you, you may as well just make you may as well just make sp6 <laughs> yeah that's kind of how i feel right <laughs> yeah 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 yep. um, so that was that yeah in addition they also change for those of you that want to know um i haven't seen the full list the uh violet craft is now 10 cards of 12 Labs XX cards and then one yellow instead of three yellow key cards. Um, so that looks good. Yeah, that reminds me actually, because there was another there was another change to because you said Labs Access cards. So and this this kind of came too late for me, unfortunately. But Labs <laughs> cards from Therapist for you can now buy two per nice. reset rather than one per reset, which is nice, because it means that you don't have to spend... I can't remember, are they 135k or 160k or something? I, got, something like I bought this. loads of them, like, I think they're 160. So now, rather than having to spend 160 on therapists, and then, because the, the barters, I think there's two, but they're, they're quite a lot more, than like yeah. 300k or something. So you just don't really want to do that. So now you can buy two from therapists at the cheaper price, which I think is good, incentivizes people to go to labs. Um, lots of people have to go to labs for getting the far-forward redonkulous devices, and... Mm-hmm. Um, I think this. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, were there any other actual update? Um, I think there was. I just can't recall them honestly. <laughs> I could maybe I'm wrong, but mm. um, it's mostly crafts and and labs cards that I thought. 
You know, actually, one very interesting thing that did happen was in the, the name of improving communication and all of this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. when these changes got put through, the official escape from Tarkov uh, Twitter actually listed out what they did. Yeah, yeah. So they made a they made a tweet saying change the ammo crafting recipes. I mean, it's not specific, but right. It, but we changed one ninety BTSPP, PS twelve B, APSX. Right. Changed the target labs cards. Increased the stock. You know, they've never done this before. That's like that's kind of as close to like you know a micro patch note as they've ever done. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's a it's a step in the right direction. I will take it. You know, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, good, good. Like, keep. If you're listening, Battlestate Games, keep doing it. Keep it up. Exactly. Uh, the other thing was um, the, the streets <laughs> teases. Oh um, yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the 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 screenshots of the new, presumably. I mean, it 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 has to be right. I mean, it says Streets of Tarkov. Surely, yeah. It's an expansion coming. I mean, we'll see if we see uh, it. Anytime soon, I'm thinking much more likely winter season, but we'll see. And uh, mm-hmm. it looks uh, pretty cool. There's like a school. If you haven't seen it, you can go check on Battlestate Games Twitter page. There's like a school uh, looking like uh, um, interior and then like a gymnasium, um, all dilapidated and, you know, war torn or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, an alleyway. <laughs> With a bike in it. Yeah. <laughs> Very, I know. Whoa, the Vista. <laughs> uh, and then there's like an office that looks pretty interesting, like a uh, some type of like business um, suite-ish. Uh, and it's got Terra Group Labs on the monitor. Some type of like video file playing or something. And, you know, Hacker Man stuff going on. Uh, so maybe some more environmental storytelling lore. Who knows? But uh, yeah, it looks good. Looks good. Yeah, it does look cool. So yeah, hopefully we'll get that. Um, yeah, I just I just thought I actually put this on on Twitter myself, but I just thought it was funny. I was like, if they do end up doing like a bunch of expansions, can you imagine how crazy it's going to be as a new player to like turn up to streets for the first time if it's like absolutely huge? You know, like we're veteran players anyway, and we're used to learning the various maps and things, and we're like, okay, streets is like a bit complicated to learn. Can you imagine like you just get thrown into this thing after like five expansions, and you're just like, it's so huge, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's already a pretty big map, so it can only get bigger from there. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I then I suppose the <laughs> the only other like n- news related the news related thing was uh, a bit of a scare within the community. Mm-hmm. Um, people noticed that on the BSG launcher on the main page so they they usually have that red banner that goes across when something's wrong or when there's a patch or when the game's down because they're updating it or whatever and uh yeah that, it got that got hacked by whoever um presumably it was the you know cheetah hacker group like whatever and they instead promoted and put the site link to a cheating group on the banner on the front page of bsc's launcher <laughs> which is like it's not the absolute worst timing it could have been because they could have done it about right. a week or two ago, but it's of, of all the times that it could be, it's, it's not, it's not a great time for that to happen. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's, it, you know, it kind of speaks to, I think the, 
effectiveness of things that have come. I mean, it could all just be, you know, coincidental timing, um, you know, whatever the case may be. But because, yeah, I, I don't know. But, you know, it is, it is, the, the timing is interesting, right? And uh, mm-hmm. out of all the times to do this, you know, why do it now? <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. It's interesting. So, uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of a, to me, it's it almost, you know, indicates that things are being moved in a better direction. You know what I mean? Because there's the whole, I don't know. The a couple of weeks ago, there was the some news broke out that the ABS or, or one of one of these cheating groups in China got um, raided or something. Oh yes, and um, you know, people were like. Speculating that BG, BSG could have something to do with it because they were, you know, talking about taking legal action against these people and, and whatnot. Um, you know, we don't really have any way of confirming that, but um, anyway, and then the hearing from, you know, um, some other sources like GOAT that, uh, you know, their operation was like completely shut down essentially. They tried to like start it up reselling some other cheats and, you know, they're basically in cash grab mode and uh you know even though the other cheat was detected and it just sounded like a giant shit show for them so um yeah i think it's that's kind of my take on it i feel like it is like you know we are we're winning w <laughs> maybe i don't yeah I, i'm not really sure i don't really have an opinion on it on that from that point particularly sure i know i know that people were <laughs> scrambling a little bit because people were like you know what's the actual impact of this you know did, mm-hmm. is there is there any kind of like breach or anything or is it just the, the piece of text it, it seems like it was just the launcher like if you go and look at the launcher now that has just been removed so presumably there was some kind of exploit to get into that and you know fix that i, I don't know i don't know whether there's any other ramifications if there were i would hope that we would get told I don't necessarily know if that's the case, <laughs> but um, presumably it's all good. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's yeah, I have, I have, yeah, I have no idea. I'm not really. That's like nowhere near my. I know. Yeah. That's the I'm, thing. Like, I'm just a, cool... a bunch of people just they were just like, oh, you know, I was going to go live, but I feel a bit like worried logging in. Like, no one really, no one really knew. Right. And. Uh, yeah, there's like a bunch of people who came out and said like, oh yeah, don't worry, it's all good. Everything's fine. You know, we've checked it. It's all right. okay. And it was like, oh, you know, and there's uh, <laughs> a few other people that have looked at this kind of thing before who was like, I wouldn't necessarily jump to the, <laughs> jump to, jump to any, you know, it's all safe, you know, all clear, like yeah, yeah. immediately if you can help it. Um, so. I think it's reasonable. You know, yeah. I can't really fault people for being, you know, precautious or, Yeah. Exactly, especially when I do. Like, who knows really, right? Who knows what's happened? Like, from a, your own user's perspective, it's like losing your account would be bad enough, especially if you're creative. But you know, what if there's like oh, yeah. other stuff? Or you right, might, you right. Know, lo- lo- who knows? Who knows what what could be gotten into? So it's yeah. Never just assume it's going to be okay. I guess. <laughs> um. Okay. So yeah, we could. Would you like to lean in? With that, into some anti-cheat stuff. Yeah, some I think that's a natural, a natural, a natural progression. Okay, it's a natural progression. So we've kind of got, we kind of have two, two topics within this grouping of anti-cheat, right? 
uh, mm-hmm. from this week. One which you have seen that I only saw the start of because I just ended up not getting time to, um, which was, I guess we'll talk about, well, we could, I don't really mind. We could talk about it first or second. Maybe talk about it second. So this is like Goat and One Peg and Veritas is about an anti-cheat guy. But there was also another one um, which was about AI anti-cheat and about how that's been used in CS, I think it was. It was CS, right? Yeah, it was CS. Called Any Brain AI, which is um, trying to solve that that particular problem within within CS and like how you could use that potentially within Tarkov. I think it, it touches on some of the things that we had talked about before about like you know using AI and let's look at look for outliers and, and that kind of thing. And it sounded mm-hmm. like they didn't go into any specific details. Um, yeah. I only watched it once and I only watched it like relatively quickly. They didn't go into any specific details on how it works, but it was quite interesting them them saying, you know, you can look at the I guess the, the crosshair movements that a player makes and determine from there with pretty high like you know extremely high certainty that it's a, a computer moving that moving that and so it was people you know using the for the final little shot they just like tweak it right at the end mm-hmm. and like what's the probability that a human player would make that exact kind of movement and i can see where that's coming from because even somebody who's like a super pro doing a flick shot in a certain way or whatever like they probably got a certain reaction time between model comes on screen and the shot you know there's a human response time and stuff which is only you know that's the basics but then just even how you move the mouse and like the speed of the, the pixels and how the acceleration and deceleration of that movement works that kind of thing is what they're looking at right you know if, if it suddenly insta jumps in a sort of smooth way and and you know there's there's ways of like making the algorithm not not look right it's like if you have an auto clicker you know and you make it go every point one of a second that's really obvious you need to like put a random if you're trying to like bypass the system you need to put like a randomized time in it whatever but um i guess there must be other more complicated flags you know again it's like the cat and mouse thing of okay well they put a randomizer in but then you know we look at the average and then that's yeah just like it just escalates that's always the way with these cheater hacker things so that was kind of uh that was that was quite interesting and um yeah, I can, as we said last time when we talked about this, I can imagine that working for lots of things across Tarkov. You know, it's like, which stats do you have that are outliers? It's not just about aim necessarily. It's about looking at outliers on on, on aim, but also on statistics, on you know, movement, on, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess, like player proximity or like how many fights you get into or, or whatever. Um, there's like loads and loads and loads of different things you could look, look into, which which is pretty sweet. Um, yeah, that, what did you think? Um, that, yeah, that video was interesting. Um, it was from I think his name is that homeless guy, and it was I, I can't remember how it came across my screen. Um, but I was you know oh I was like oh goats in it I know that guy, <laughs> and uh, the um, I I guess like the premise of it was the the person is working on is it called any brain ai that, that I was think the that, one that they were looking at yeah I, or or am i thinking of the, anyways he, he, that, was, it, that was that was it yeah is that the one that where so because at the end of the video he was like yeah please the, the basic idea is like they're trying to train this ai by submitting video clips and um and, well, there were two. Was it was there his one, and then there was the yes. and there was any brains, right? Oh, okay. So what was his one? You know, yeah, I think you're right. Any brain <laughs> was the. It was part of one of the interviews that he did, and because they're working on a similar 
thing, mm. right? I don't I don't believe it's necessarily video clip driven. Um which that was an interesting interview because in in it they were like, hey, you know, or the, the interviewer was like, you know, I estimate about thirty percent of players are not playing legit. And then they were like, Yeah, you know, we 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 feel comfortable with that number as well. And I was like, Oh sh-, you know, snap, that's kind of a um that's kind of a high percentage. I mean, like, you know, I was kinda leaning more towards like ten percent in, in in my head. I mean, you know, it's maybe too generous, but um yeah, you know, as we saw in like Goat's video, it's like not not all cheaters are cheating to you know completely kill everyone to love. You know what I mean? There's there's mm-hmm. a range of cheating, but anyways, um, yeah, I I just I just thought overall thought it was interesting. You know, I I, I think uh, how it ties into the other anti cheats uh, video, the one with one pagan Veritas, um, his you know some of the opinions there. Uh, kind of does make sense why you shouldn't put all your cards in this and possibly the idea of submitting video for trading yeah. AI isn't really a, the best idea in the world, you know? Um, but anyways, it's, it's, I think it's all really fascinating. I don't, I don't expect Tarkov to roll anything out like this anytime soon, if ever, but uh, I just, yeah, I, overall I thought it was a really fascinating I think AI is cool in general. Sure. I, I think that the value for Tarkov probably is in the stats side, honestly. Like, you, we know that you can't use video to figure things out in Tarkov. Like, if, if there's any AI mm. solution that is involving video clips and the AI is looking at the video clips, like, that ain't just, that's not going to work because of all the reasons why it won't. You know, we, we know, we know about this the desync and the networking and whatever, and you can't distinguish what's, what's actually happened um, properly from your own perspective. And you really need the server side plus both clients tell exactly what actually happened in any particular fight which is it's just it's very unfortunate um but the the beauty of the stats thing is that that's kind of like across a series of raids and it's not being run like in real time right so you don't have to put any anything into the actual raid you're just looking at the database afterwards so Mm -hmm. it wouldn't hit the performance of the game um, which is why i'm kind of a fan of the the sort of stats based approach and looking at outliers on all the various metrics and if you get a flag on five of them or something you say well it's the What's the chances that this person is, is is legit? It's extremely low, and you know you'd, you'd have to you'd have to train it and see, and then train it again on um, people who are insane. Like I remember there was a conversation that uh, it might even actually I, I like at this point it's all blended into one. It might even have been on on our on our interview with with Goat, mm-hmm. but um, where he was talking about uh, Willers having like ridiculously high metrics or whatever, yeah. like so insanely high that you'd probably you'd probably get flagged somewhere. But you'd need like a combination of all these different things, and the legit player wouldn't wouldn't ever have those those things. Obviously, you'd need to make it that that clear. Otherwise, it's not not very useful. But I'm sure I'm sure something good could come of it. Yeah, I'm sure something good could come of it. Yeah, if you want to check out that video, the referencing saving FPS games is in the title. Um, maybe I'll put a a link on the uh, the description of the podcast. You can find. Yeah, he's called basically homeless, isn't he? The, the guy who mm-hmm. the YouTube and it's like how to save FPS games, visual AI cheat detection. So yeah, the visual bit and it's whatever. Quick, you know, sixteen minute video, not too terribly long. Mm. The one thing that yeah, just in terms of how it actually appeared, I've, I found it kind of interesting how some of these 
videos just like appear out of nowhere. Like oh, I had people in chat saying like, oh, have you seen this? You know, it's one of those those things that because it's so topical, and especially within our community, it's kind of circulated like wildfire because people are interested in it and looking at solutions and wondering whether BSG will do or won't do anything in particular. So They're coping it's funny so that... hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to get AI anti-cheat in EFT anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, they, they might be able to um, buy something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe BattleEye has a plug-in for it or something. Who knows? Maybe they're doing yeah. it already. Yeah. Like, got no idea. Really got no idea. But it is interesting. Speaking of interesting, there was a interview um, done by Goat, Veritas One Peg, uh, kind of like a podcast-ish style with a Valorant, um, Vanguard, I think is their anti-cheat name, uh, developer. I think he was the, at one, I mean, I'm probably going to get a lot of stuff wrong, but at one point in time, he was the product league for the um, anti-cheat team. And um, that was a, it's a very long cast. Uh, you can find, I think by now everyone, each creator's got their, video up on youtube somewhere and um it's a it's like a two hour and 30 minutes like it's a really long cast and there's a lot of stuff in there i mean it's a lot of it is very technical and jargon you know a lot of high level stuff terminologies um but overall i thought it was like super interesting and really uh insightful into i mean there's it's kind of funny because there's a lot of things that he was he could, like basically every other word was or sentence was like, yeah, I can't I can't tell you everything, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, it was it was cool. I, I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, it's a shame that I, I only managed to catch like the first the first little bit really. What was the what was like the most interesting part that stood out to you in particular? Like, was there anything surprising that he said? <sighs> um. Hmm. Anything surprising? Or, or like, or like relevant to Tarkov, I guess. Um, that it's a money, it's a resource thing. Mm. Like, uh, so the probably the thing that makes the most sense is, and we've already kind of like talked around this a bit, you know. I think, anyways, but the so to put it into perspective, um. Oh, I can't remember his name, but you know the the Valorant anti cheat guy. I'm I'm sorry, fellow human, for not knowing your name, but he uh, he got a job, you know, with Riot, and they basically, I mean, because there was a lot of hype around Valorant back in the day, like the promotion and stuff. I remember seeing seeing it, and it was like, yeah, you know, we built it for the ground up for like competition, and like it's going to be super secure, you know. Blah 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 servers, you know. I, I don't I don't know if they have one twenty eight tick servers, but anyways, you know, it was like built with like competition in mind, including anti cheat. Like they were really pushing their anti cheat in house anti cheat really hard, and um, essentially Valorant was like, or Riot Games was like, hey, whatever you need, you can have, and then you know, you'd be like. Hey, I want to do this thing. Uh, it's going to cost this much. I'm like, okay, it's fine. Yeah, do it. <laughs> so they just like <laughs> threw money at it. And 
because they started the process from the get-go, the very start mm-hmm. of the project, they had a lot of advantageous things at their side. Like one of the things he talked about a lot, and you see this talked like um the cycle talked about this as well, is you know, you're the having, you know, your players really value the essentially the security of the game. You know, they want the fair competition play. Um and there's essentially multiple layers of security that you want to have um, at the, you know, maybe like level zero would be um, having as many, like securing the game itself. And this was something that he talked about that isn't really like a part of the anti-cheat side necessarily. Like someone like BattleEye, this isn't really what they do, but like having, essentially having your, server authoritative you know having it where the client can't just say oh yeah i'm in this position absolutely and the server's like oh yeah you sent me that data that's absolutely true i'm not going to check for it you know what i mean um so that's definitely on the typically it, it sounded like that's on the burden of the developer and that's like you know that's a very important thing and then the next thing is like detecting cheater and you know like having the game certain um requirements for your users to meet like you know essentially they didn't allow linux for valorant Uh, you can't play it um and there's several reasons for that um but yeah the and then and then the cycle use an analogy uh which is like the swish cheese approach you know you have like multiple layers of switch cheese like someone can bypass through this layer and this layer and this layer but eventually this other layer will get them you know yeah um and that that makes sense so there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of layers you need to apply and in the case of tarkov if you're (laughs) you're developing the game and then it takes off essentially and you didn't really plan and prepare for these types of early foresight things. Um, you're in a very uphill battle. So it's like a very triple a studio privilege thing. You know, it, it, it almost made it sound like if you want to make a multiplayer video game, like, like, you know, especially a first person shooter, it's like not even really worth doing because yeah. you're, got to sink so much money into uh anti-cheat essentially um and that's assuming that you're gonna get a return on your investment you know um it's like you could like you uh, for me if i it it just doesn't even make sense to develop a like maybe you could have an idea and sell it off to a company and be like, Hey, you guys do all the work. Cause otherwise it's just like, dude, it's, it sucks, man. Cause you don't even know if your game's going to be popular and you're going to yeah. sink all this dev work essentially and debt into it. Cheat. So that was, I think that was probably one of the most insightful things was just like how difficult it is to be well-prepared and have the, luxuries and resources that just throw money at the problem essentially yeah that really sounds like such a 
a death knell to kind of like the indie FPS type thing where it's like, well, if you need all this money and resources to get started, but you don't know if it's going to work or not, then you just can't even begin, right? It's like, it's too much risk and there's too much... Like if, you, if it is successful, the game will die because you haven't prepared. Like, it's just, you're, you're stuck. Unless you know that you can make a you know, global phenomenon like Riot, because you can just spend as much money as you like on it, and you can make a competitor to all these other games, and you've got, like, thousands of devs or whatever, and the, the money to work on it. It's just, yeah, as you say, the, the AAA studio privilege of being able to make this kind of game, actually, is, is kind of bad. Like, that sounds, sounds pretty bad for the industry, honestly. Yeah, and I guess that's where you see a lot of the early access, you know, open beta, you know, type of stuff because they do, they are able to actively develop the game while also, you know, paying the bills, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there's investors and things like this, but having that extra income. But it's like, yeah, I mean, it. it's like you have the, the cost of just building the game and then you have the cost of just securing the game and there's there's just a weird relationship because you also think that your technically your cheaters are your customers as well <laughs> you know what i mean and um you like like there it's interesting because he, he said i forget the number but he said like x percent of players being cheaters we would be totally fine with like that'd be that's totally acceptable i like damn i didn't even think about like you guys actually have like like you're okay having cheaters in your game and like it but it's realistic you know what i mean it's not just like some oh yeah it's zero percent you know but it's like you, that's just impossible but they want to essentially he was like yeah we got it down to where it's like uh the they would find like a 24-hour turnaround i think or something for cheaters but that's like the high the top priorities like some cheats are like very low prio for them whereas uh you know some other cheaters are much higher threats you know um possibly because they may not fully understand what's happening you know there is there is a part where they do inherently allow cheating to happen because they're trying to you know gather information yeah. and whatnot um <laughs> and it, re it really is like a cat and mouse game but uh yeah mm -hmm. i don't know man. it's 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 a really it's a really interesting um fascinating part of gaming yeah, especially, especially, it's just like, this has appeared over the last kind of, what, five years, probably? I mean, cheesy's been going on forever, but it's, I don't know, it started to really, like, strangle, especially the FPS genre, um, in more recent times. Well, did they speak about, because I remember hearing this ages ago, that Valorant potentially had, I think it was Valorant, they potentially had ways of mitigating things like ESP as well, where, like, player information is not sent to you until someone's like close to the corner, something like that. So unless they're, I guess it would be something along the lines of right. unless they're within the kind of uh, the, whatever the D sync is in Valorant, you know, like the network latency, mm -hmm. you know, how, how far away, how, like how quickly could they get to that corner? Like what's the minimum 
amount of time that they could suddenly appear if both players move in the optimal direction both at the same time like, and then with a little bit of a leeway or whatever like until they reach that point that you don't even send the player information for the opposing team so you can't actually see because they're not even on the map because the information is not there um do they talk about anything like that like withholding info because i think that's something that bsg is looking at doing because nikita said that right because like right now we have, we have everything like why do you why do you see everyone's kd why do you see every piece of loot in every loot box yeah. like, it's just crazy um no they did not not that i recall i don't think they talked about that specifically and that's i think that's just one of the you know as i said the, the advantages of having that foresight you know yeah i think that was a big marketing thing too as well um for the game early on um and you know i i don't know but i would imagine it's probably not in the cards for tarkov i mean it just sounds you know there maybe i i don't know so i shouldn't say but um yeah i think some stuff would be okay because we've talked about like hiding loot for ages like the community's talked about like not generating the loot within a box until you reach it for example that would that's probably doable yeah it's hard to say yeah it is hard <laughs> like to say. like this is the thing it's without a doubt it's probably doable um but is it worth it because that's a, that's the whole other side of this discussion. It's like it is a very cost benefit analysis problem, you know. Um, they don't have, you know, quote unquote unlimited resources to just throw at the the problem. And this was another thing that came up a lot in discussion was how, you know, because Valorant is a free to play model, you know, they have that problem to overcome as well. Is like, well, if they can just you know get back into the game and start cheating, like mm. we, you know, we ban you know. But because the game has a long-term plan to generate revenue, um, you, you know you have more resources to work with um, potentially. You know, assuming assuming the game takes off and you know things happen as they're supposed to, and people want to buy those skins, right? Right, and yeah. you know there was some talk of how, but this this is the other crazy thing is like. Because they were trying to explain Tarkov to him, because he's never played Tarkov. Like he's maybe seen something, but he doesn't really know anything about it. And um, you know, they talked about how, oh yeah, the the accounts can be up to like one hundred sixty dollars, but like there are. I wish, I wish he got more into the psychology, if you will, of of cheating. Um, but you know, to be fair, it's probably not something that they highly focus on and prioritize because um, they're much more about security and, and you know, yeah. detecting and prevention. But anyways, um, the, uh, yeah, I mean, cheaters will pay like $3,000 a month for, for some of these services, which is insane. Um, but one thing he talked about that was super interesting and makes a lot of sense is, um, well, two things. One, you know, the, the, he didn't say the exact number, but he said something like the, conversion rate of a cheater to a legit player is like extremely low um and you know especially when you're banned right because then you think oh well i'm already like flagged you know you're kind of like in this other sub community you know so it's like you know what i mean you're kind of like marked you have like a i'll get them back yeah i mean it, it kind of reminds you a lot of the the prison system here in the, <laughs> the u.s honestly <laughs> But uh, the other the other thing was um, uh, shoot, what was it? 
God, I forgot it. <laughs> hate it when that happens. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. You're talking about yeah, you're talking about community and virtues and stuff. I think the the thing that surprises me about that, and you see the numbers, like I was surprised because we you know we had goats number there, sixty you know sixty percent of raids or whatever whatever the number was. I can't remember now, but that was that was based upon five percent of people who got cheated in some way. And these guys were talking about like really high numbers, right? Like thirty percent of people cheating in games. I just mm-hmm. find it incredible that that's actually the real figure. That there's a serious number, like a five percent. I can, I don't know. I guess like my faith in humanity, like I, I sh- it shouldn't ever be very high, particularly. But you just think, like Jesus Christ, really? Like a third of people? Like surely not. Well, this is. I mean, this is the thing that's interesting. Now, now I remember one of the things I said. So the the guy uh, that they were interviewing, he actually cheated. At one point back in the day, I mean, it, I mean, it kind of makes sense how you get into the stuff because it's like a very technical thing, you know. It's like hacking related, um, you know what I mean. So like, I, I could totally see how, you know, as a as a youth, you may get into this kind of techie stuff, hack. Mm-hmm. Oh, look what I can do! And then, you know, this opens up different career paths and interests. And then, next thing you know, you're, you're developing anti cheats. But um, he said that you know he cheated, and you know he had like aimbot. And essentially, because of that experience, he never learned the technical skill of aiming. So, like, he cannot play, like, in his mind anyways, he cannot play FPS shooters without cheats. Like, he just, it, he just can't. And, and it, it makes sense, right? Because you never, like, developed those skills, you know? Like, I was talking with a buddy the other day. And we were reminiscing about some of the older games to play, and then um, I was like, "Yeah, dude, I remember I downloaded cheats for that game." And he was like, "Yeah, me too." I was like, "What?" No, it was funny, and um, we both had the same experience. Where it was like, "Yeah, that's just not fun." <laughs> you know what I mean? This is just like it was fun for like two hours, and uh, God knows how much malware we got. <laughs> but uh, anyways, whereas like someone else that you know. Like I could to- I can totally see how let's say you got two hours a a day to play video games. You're playing this game, you like it, but like you basically realize like I don't have time in the day to get good, right? And I make crap load of money. Why don't I just cheat and enjoy the game? And you know, and from that that logic you know, it makes sense. I'm not saying it's like morally sound or whatever, but I can totally see the logic there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, that was the other thing is like he that they were like, yeah, we really don't prioritize the guy that's cheating. You know, if walls and has like a three KD or like a, a you know a two KD. You know, it's just not something that is mm-hmm. high priority. Like they'll get him eventually, um, but if they're not on the top of the list you know and uh that was also interesting because it's like oh wow that was just not what i expected i just thought like you know there was just like oh every cheater must Mm. you know iron him you know it's just kind of interesting so um yeah and then essentially the 
conversation basically basically he was you know kind of like saying or advocating for you you need to know how how much you can trust your your host or or, your, or not your host your clients um the the players um yeah. and he thinks that it will the industry will move into a more opt-in focused uh implementation where essentially it's like if you want to play untrusted lobbies you know you can um but if you want to play trusted lobbies we're going to need this information from you you need to have this enabled uh you know you, you need to have this type of cpu or or later you know a lot more requirements you know um which is like makes it makes a lot of sense because i think a lot of legit players are willing to give up more um, to have a more secured uh, experience, you know, I know I would cool. be fine uh, submitting my social security number. I don't, I don't think we're going that far, but uh, <laughs> you know, there was, there is, I think, maybe you know, I might be misunderstanding, but there was talks of like hardware, you know, fingerprint scanning, you know, but I might have been. I might have yeah, well, not that, fully understood that. That was in the that was in the first video actually. That was at the end of the first video. That was the mm -hmm. AnyBrain guys talking about like global biometrics kind of thing, where yeah, you know, there's a, a a global database that I guess everybody would have to link up to. It. You have like you know EA and the Steam, the whole Steam platform, like everybody would join this thing. And if you get you know you have to yeah you have to get your fingerprint read or something like that. You know iris scan. Who, who knows what? And um, if you if you get if you get caught and you get get banned and that's it and you're banned across everything and it's like yeah. your online identity sort of fingerprint type thing i don't know i mean that's there's lots of <laughs> there's lots of debate that could be it had about that it sounds so dystopian <laughs> like sci-fi oh my god uh, like, yeah. <laughs> take your tarkov pills prescribed now <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh man I don't know. It's just yeah. It's um, it's kind of a depressing topic in some ways. Honestly, just, yeah, yeah. That was kind of my takeaway. Is I feel like with everything he said, um, that you know BSG are really like honestly, my heart really goes out to BSG because the game kind of like they accidentally made a good game. <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like there, there, there is something to Tarkov. This whole like extraction shooter that people really like, they really dig it, um, and arguably specifically with Tarkov. The problem is, is they do not have the luxuries or privileges of, you know, having all these resources. And having the foresight and, you know, the experience. I mean, yeah, there's just there's just a lot of things. Not to say that they're, you know, not experienced, but, you know, specifically in this area, they're probably not as experienced as some of the people on the Valorant team. Because um, one of the things that he talked about as well is they essentially found one of the guys, someone like, I think, I think they were like, Maybe they found a solution. I can't. I can't remember. But you know, some random person was either making hardware-related uh, hacking because they talked a little bit about that. Um, where essentially you read, you know, you plug in into your machine, it reads your memory, it, it manipulates it, and 
and sends it back to the machine and and essentially the anti-cheat can can't ever detect that um yeah they they found him and they they basically bought him out it was like hey yeah we'll we'll buy this <laughs> come work for us essentially and yeah i just like i can only imagine you know how valuable that was you know how expensive that was and i just don't know if that's ever in the cards for BSG. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, they have so much more money, right? It's like a huge company. Um, so yeah, I say all that to say that it's, I, my heart goes out to them BSG because I just, it's, they're probably in a really difficult spot, you know? And the way I see things going is, Things probably will get better, but it's I don't think it's going to be where anyone wants it to be. And, we'll, you know, for fans of the genre, we'll, we'll probably just have to wait for the next iteration, whatever that may look like. Mm, yeah, exactly. Or, you know, there's there's some kind of base package of this kind of anti-cheat thing that's roll, that you can just, like, buy and plug into your game. You know, it's like nobody normally makes the whole game engine right you normally take this game engine from someone else and then like modify it whatever you know you use somebody else's game engine or you use someone else's audio system like steam audio oculus audio whatever like there needs to be some kind of like global anti-cheat kind of equivalent for this kind of stuff um although i guess the the issue with that is that then if it's all the same then it's i guess it's like then the ways around it are all the same as well i don't know it's extremely tough. It's extremely tough, but you know, you know what I, you know what I mean. You know yeah, I mean. yeah. Because I mean, the other, you know, the, he did talk about AI a bit, and you know, he they used. I think he said they used AI. Maybe it was machine learning, but essentially, there is because he they did talk a little bit about that any brain video or that uh, I can't remember what what the other one was called, but the um, uh, well, uh whatever you know what i'm talking about and um saving a few schemes and uh yeah you know he basically was like yeah that you can't you can't just have one solution you need multiple like it, they are all they're all tools in the toolbox if you will mm-hmm. um and you know he had some critiques of the the one that you input video clips and whatnot and yeah it's just it's it, it's tough, guys. It really is tough because, as I said, I I think things will get better, but I don't think they're going to be at a point where everyone's happy. Happy, you know, ESG, us, yeah, and uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it's a side, you know, tangent thing. I'm I'm really interested in like because there's another way to tackle this is like you could tackle the uh, you know more. Like, could you have, I don't even know, I don't even know if this is like, it's probably not even like a business m- model, but like, could you have something that's like converting cheaters into legit players? You know what I mean? Like, is that another, cause they basically, they basically coexist the cheating and anti-cheating and like their number one job with anti-cheating is making the business not profitable, the cheating business. That was like their number one goal. And then the, you know, he was like, legal action is one thing, but like, yeah, that's like, that's that's really what it's all about. Um, so, which makes sense because you just need to get them to stop. <laughs> yeah, 
And if they can make money off of it, then it's a, it's a business, you know, and it, it, you know, so you can totally see the problem there. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super interested in like the more psychological stuff. Uh, I think that Mm. stuff's really interesting. Like I almost like, it almost makes me wonder if it's just better to, you know, if like shadow banning is just a better alternative for like everyone involved, you know, because like they can still play the game, they can still, you know, be a customer. It's just you're not allowed to play with these other groups of people, you know? <laughs> yeah, like trusted servers or whatever. And people always say yeah. the whole like, oh, just put the cheese in the same lobbies with each other. And it's just like, well, if we knew what the, what, who the cheese were, then we just ban them. And it's just like, well, maybe you could just, once you find them, you just put them in the lobbies with, with each other. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It would be quite funny, actually, if you, yeah, you just like put a load of people in these various lobbies. And if somebody starts getting absolutely slaughtered, then the banners may be false. <laughs> you have to like look into it. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're in with all the other cheaters and they just start getting destroyed. Like maybe they're using ESP, I don't know, but mm. depends what you put them in for. And it just got me thinking. Now, there's an, a random thing because we're talking so much about, well, thinking about a lot about like Valorant and Counter Strike and games like that. Mm-hmm. This reminded me of something else about um, this is kind of random, but uh, it still relates to Tarkov. Somebody sent me that video clip about um, sub tick rate updates from CS2, which was about, you know, you don't need to, yeah. I don't know if you've seen it, but it was like, yeah, oh, you I've don't need it. to worry about tick rate anymore because now we've got. Like the you know full like sub tick rate ordering and stuff, so that everything gets processed in the right the right way or whatever. And somebody sent sent it to me of uh, a friend actually, and they said like they said, oh, I saw this thing about CS two. Like I don't really know much about tick rates, or whatever. Like you know, is this like is this relevant to Tarkov at all? And I was just like, oh boy, you don't really know. He's so <laughs> precious. <laughs> exactly. I was just like, I don't think we really have to worry about sub tick rate <laughs> updates. <laughs> you know it's yeah. like we have to deal with our 250 milliseconds of desync so it is right yeah we're not we're not that we're not that specific you know what happens in the fight is more of a you know it's more of a best guess <laughs> than anything else i yeah i thought i thought it was funny i thought it was funny i just got reminded of that oh man so do you want to hear do you want to hear about my endeavors finding the gpsa finally no on that oh no. okay we'll move on then no, <laughs> okay. no let's hear yeah. where, where was the spot man where was it at so the spot that i ended up finding it with everybody told me just, oh yeah you'll find it you'll find it you'll find it in the cat room you'll find it in the cat room eventually yeah i found it in the cat room um it was the one as you go into the room with the cats there's the the black box on the floor and it was next to that mm. um it was like right at the start of the raid basically um but it was one of the it was one of the last raids i ended up doing it was the first it was the test stream on youtube on wednesday and i was just like hey the first ever stream on youtube we find the gpsa we must be lucky we must be lucky um but yeah it was yes it's 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 crazy i'm like i'm putting this thing together about mcc about the gpsa just because they're really they're really rough and a lot of people i think want to do it but like don't really want to play labs I'm not really sure so and i'm still figuring out exactly how i want to do it like i, I don't want to make it like an entertainment piece really it's like a half and half right Cause it's like half a it's half a where are they guide it's a half a well, it's like i guess not half it's a part where do they spawn guide and how do you actually go through a part like how do you get out once you've got the thing it's a part labs guide for people who don't play labs a lot it's 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 quite tough to try to exact exactly work out like what angle i need to go down you know um because it's it's tricky and people have like a very wide experience with labs people either just like don't want to go because of cheaters don't want to yeah. go because it's scary and expensive 
and or they don't have as much experience. Um, but I think there's way. I think yeah, I think there's ways of doing it. I think I did get quite unlucky. I, I'm not. I haven't actually totaled it up yet, but I probably played forty labs raids, maybe more. I would think, and I only saw the GPSA twice. I died. Like I saw it once on like the first couple of days, and then I just literally didn't see it again for three weeks until Wednesday, and there it was, which is pretty. Which is pretty crazy. But um, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things. Like there's so many spots you have to check, and unless you do actually go and it's like once you've gone halfway through you're like well should i just like keep charging around the map like because there's lots of people on there playing just for pvp you know like they do and so and you're there like just like wandering around looking on shelves like looking for a white dot and stuff and you're like there's like guys guys in meta kits charging around with m4s of the 905 and you're just like do 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 like having to look on the floor and stuff because of all the loose loot i'm just like it's like (laughs) quite it's like really counterproductive to yeah playing labs actually it's like Mm. really annoying um so yeah, I don't know. There's, I, maybe maybe I missed it in a few places. I'm not sure, but like I think now I've seen enough people talking about it. Like very bad scav did a video about it where he like runs around labs showing people where the spots are. There's like a couple of maps that people showed me. So I think I've got pretty much all the spots down now about like where they where they, where it could be. Um, and I've, I saw I ended up absolutely hating the MCC. I'm not sure if I told you this last time about or talked about it last time with the stupid far forward current converter. But in my whole time in labs i ended up seeing it i think i saw it seven times and i don't know whether the spawns are equal between the two i, th- I imagine they probably are i mean i guess they are but i don't know because they're equally as rare but the mm. mcc is actually easy to see because it's physically bigger Ah, uh, okay and the the far forward current thing is actually really quite little because it's only a one slot item and it's gray whereas the mcc is like a tan color and a two by two so maybe i just missed it a bunch of times like who knows like it's definitely possible Either which way, I got kind of unlucky, I think, um, or, or blind, or both. And uh, it was just, it, it was hard, but we finally managed to get out. Like, it was so near the start, I was like, I basically, like, I was right next to the cat, I ran in, and then I ran back, and then tried to take the, the absolute easiest exit that I could. So I was like, trying to sneak my way down into the sewers. And it was so funny, because like, people watch the big guys playing labs all the time. And um, a couple of people actually in chat were like, I've watched like Tig's and like glorious <laughs> play la- play labs like a bunch on stream i've never seen this exit mm. i was like yeah because like none of the chads take this exit because it's not near any of the loot it's a pain to get out of it takes ages once you've pulled the lever and it's it's out in the middle of nowhere right that's the thing but that's the reason why i tend to take it sometimes because i know i won't meet anybody you know if i've like got a full bag or i've got one of those stupid items because they don't go in your secure container you know you can probably take that in is is relatively risk-free like i think i've met people down there twice maybe ever like every like at any time that i've ever taken that that extract um which is quite funny so yeah some people just like didn't even know this, this this extract existed and i've watched people play labs loads um like one massive advantage actually of sewers is that it doesn't go under the other floors like if you go to a med elevator and stuff like you, you can hear people like if you're upstairs you can hear people downstairs and, and things you can get some audio cues and people can push you and start uh and start getting you you know trying to try to kill you or whatever and like running down the staircases and whatnot i've just been reminded in chat yeah so i i, I panicked because i thought i had to wait for it to be fine in raid but obviously uh... it's for the hideouts you don't but it's because you i got like I got because I didn't think it through logically. I was just like in the zone. I was like, well, it can't go in my secure container, so it has to be. So it has to be finding way by default. 
And then I like I conflated that in my mind with like I need to stay to right. actually have a funny rate status. Right. And then when people just everyone was just like, no, you can just go. And I was like, oh wait, I can just go. I'm not handing it in for a quest. I'm just put, using it for my Intel center. So so it's all good. And so that was yeah, that was fun. It was yeah, it was quite a, quite a sweaty exit. There was um there was one particular fight which is extraordinarily notable for me. Which, and I, I think, yeah, this must have happened. Yeah, because I, I think I stopped playing Labs as soon as we found it, for that session at least. Like, I'm, probably, I'm probably done for a little bit. I might, I might dabble now that you can buy two keys, because it is actually quite fun now I've got into it a bit. But yeah, I had, uh, I had a notable fight with one of Tarkov's Giga Chads. Oh. Which was pretty fun. So we had looted some stuff, and we were like, oh, we've just like, gone through all the spawns, and we'll just, we'll just leave the raid. And... I was over by the, you know where the, the, there's the big long corridor dance in the basement, which is where the med elevator is, like the one that people normally take. Um, you go all the way down to the end room and you pull the lever and then you go back up the, the corridor a bit and then the elevator's there. If you, were, if you went all the way along there, there's a staircase at the end. And I was basically over there um, and I came, I came down the staircase along, along the med elevator like tunnel and as I like moved to look through one of the doors, I could see somebody at the end of the med elevator tunnel thing. And I was like, like they probably they'd obviously just like gone in, like pulled the switch or, or whatever. And I was like, oh crap, right? Because I, <laughs> I meant to go out of there. Um, and so I tried to I tried to like run back and got like sprayed down a little bit, like shot a load of shots. I had an MP7, shot a load of shots off, like, and then sprinted, took a ricochet off a ratnik from behind, and mm. then like ran through. I ran up the up the main stairs. And the guy like throws a grenade behind me. I like run, run back into the, um, into the main hallway section. I'm just like, right, prepare myself. I think I'm, I'm not sure if I pre-painted or something. But anyway, the guy charges up the stairs. We have like this, like, you know, firefight, like this sort of straight through the doorway. Like he's inside, inside the stairwell. I'm outside with this like strafing fight. But, um, you know, I got MP7 and, um, I, like I slightly mistimed. Like I thought he was going to come back out slightly quicker, but he waited for like an extra little second and I fired and like used up too many of my rounds and he like went back around the corner as he started to move past the doorway i reloaded and ran into the door jam basically behind like behind the, so the doors like open like this i like ran <laughs> behind the door to try and reload before he could come round. okay and he comes he comes around with the with the tiger swings once oh. and i just go and just mp7 him with my new mag because it reloads super quick the mp7 oh okay um, and and kill him i and loot the guy's body it's level 68 i was like holy moly um open up the tag and it's just like you know the number three with all the equals is like it's just it's just a huge like schlong on the dog tag is the name and, and um someone in chat was just like oh that's smitty stone and i was like ah, no way that's nuts that's um so yeah i basically only won because he heard me reload and thought he could kill me with melee but uh, <laughs> so I, I got saved by by hubris i suppose but um it was fun it was an honor it was an honor to fight somebody so you know so renowned and such mm. a such a giga chat of 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 the labs uh, I don't think I've, I don't think I fought anybody, or not at least I know of. I don't think I fought anybody like super popular or um, or like big stream or anything in there before. So that that was fun. That was quite cool. That's cool. <laughs> so yeah, man, it was. Uh, it's it's been. It's it's certainly been it's certainly been an experience. It's certainly been. An yeah, are you like gonna return to labs? That's your new home. Are you labs main now? I know I'm not a lad's main, but I, I would quite like to go back not looking for the white dot. 
yeah. if you know what I mean. Yep. And no, maybe like it's... maybe get a card or two or something and like go and see if we can can, can do that because now that I do feel a lot, I mean, I'm, I'm way more comfortable with it than I was. You know, 50 raids will do that to a guy. Um, I feel like I've played more labs than any other map over the past, probably the past month. So it's like one of those things where you do actually start to get comfortable. And they've changed some of the barters, so you can get like the black, the black barter is like really cheap now. You can craft violet and this is a bit cheaper. So I don't know, like I'll maybe look into it and, and do a bit more. I'd like to just like go in and do some loot and PvP and kill some raiders and, and whatever rather than yeah, looking for a stupid DPSA thing. But um, yeah, the ne- next thing on the list actually is the vertexes for Peacekeeper because they're actually a pain and I don't have any of them. And I think you need to go to the lighthouse. Oh, yeah, don't you need two of them? You do. Yeah. I haven't found any. And you can't craft um, them, right? You just have to find them. Can't craft them. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if there's a craft behind Lightkeeper, but you probably need to find them for Lightkeeper anyway, regardless. Yeah. Because don't, um, don't you have to find your fire forward converter for Lightkeeper as well? Uh, what do you mean? Oh, to, to actually, like, he, he gives progress. you one, I think. Oh, okay. okay. Gi- I think he gives you one as a reward, but, like, I don't think, I don't think anybody would get it that way. Yeah, that way around. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are the kind of the, those are the items that I need next because we've got found the Ledex. I found the Ledex whilst trying to search for these stupid things because it's just like it just happened incidentally because I hit the rare spawn so many times. Um, MCC got that, GPSA got that. Now it's like the two vertexes. I, I found the other GPU as well in labs. The, like the three GPUs that you need for mechanic, like I found the final one of those. Um, you, can, you can actually craft those still without doing anything special. So you can, if you get the GPSA, you can then craft the GPUs. But I'd already, I'd already found it in labs on the rare spawns before, um, before, before I found that. So yeah, it's like these vertexes are probably the last thing that, that I need in terms of like, Silly items, so I think next time we're going to try and try and get that. I'm try and get that. So. Back to lighthouse. Probably some of the first times this. Well, no, I, I did a bit of I did a bit of it before, but not seriously. Just questing previously. Have to play it properly. I'm going to do looting. Ugh, loot. dumping loot in the road camp and stuff. The loot. I need it. <laughs> Um, cool. Uh, you want to hear about Darker and Darker getting a DMCA yeah. takedown by Nexon? Mm, let's talk about it, because Darker and Darker is a cool game. Um, it's interesting. I'm not sure whether it's necessarily the best, like, stream game ever, but it's definitely fun to play, and I enjoyed playing it offline with, with friends. So, I'd hate to see that game disappear. Have you got, you got the hot take on it? Uh, not really. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, but... It's yeah, so those don't know. Um actually just shout out the one peg, he's got videos on the topic that do a pretty good job. Um I would I would I haven't seen all of them, but I would assume one peg does a good job about these things, so and he likes darker and darker, so I know he's gonna have a a good take. <laughs> but uh nonetheless, um yeah, so Nexon's filing um for infringement upon corporate trade secrets act whatever um korean law that they have and um yeah they basically you know went through steam and you know standard procedure i guess is like if there's been infringement you go through steam and they'll they will much like youtube just automatically take down the video and whatnot and um um 
again, another resource. If you want a much more longer in-depth video, um, I think Devin Nash has one. There's a really good job explaining it. And in a, in a, as a fan of the game, um, maybe not. That. Yeah, it's, it's a great, great video. He has like 72 hours. He's like, guys, listen, I'm a fan of the game, but I have some bad news. <laughs> and uh, it doesn't look good. Um, because most likely the courts are going to side with Nexon in this case. So look, there's, there's a lot of like memes going around like, um, you know, oh, look, uh, uh, Nexon should sue, uh, you know, the Lord of the Rings. Cause look at this wizard. It looks like the exact same intellectual property as, um, but the issue is the real issue is that, you know, if I'm working for a, a company, right, and I'm making a game, am I allowed to just quit and then make the same game, you know, with like a couple different assets here and there? You know, that's the real, that's the real issue, I guess, at, at stakes is, uh, hmm. are, is the, how are the courts there going to decide? And the courts are different in that they're not, um, they're not so, I mean, when compared to the U.S. anyways, they're not so, like, interpretative, I guess, um, for the individual. I don't know. Like I said, go watch the Devin Ash video, honestly. Now that I think about it. He does a really, a really good job explaining it. Better than I can do. Um, and so... And the, the... Corporations are also much more... Um, there are, or maybe the government's much more... Uh, friendlier with corporations, I guess maybe is a better word. Um, in terms of lawmaking, this, that, and the yeah, other. Yeah, South Korea's a funny place, right? Because it's like run by the kind of family, big family groups, right? You have like massive conglomerates. Like if you look at the South Korean stock exchange, it's like companies named Samsung is like 60% of the exchange or something. Yeah. It's like insane. It's actually insane. It's, it's very weird. It is very, very weird. weird. I think it's kind of the, uh, it's kind of a symptom of like the flash rise to power or whatever that they, that they had going from mm. like, you know, they're actually like relatively recent history going from kind of a rural sort of farming type, economy to like suddenly this like crazy boom like tech thing but you end up with like massive concentration of power there yeah, anyway yeah that's that is interesting um you think they get a rule on the side of nexon at least i, I haven't either i need to watch the dev intake I yeah watch definitely the watch the dev intake um there's kind of like easy i think it's you have like four outcomes a nexon wins and um you know Iron Mace is effectively shut down. Um, B, uh, Nexon kind of wins um, in that there's probably going to be like some. I think he thinks A or B is probably the more likely outcome, but you know, B is there's some type of agreement, you know, came to. Um, like they essentially Iron Mace settles and uh, they. Uh, <laughs> You know, I don't know what that would look like. Maybe they could continue developing the game, but Nexon gets, you know, 30% of all revenue generated. You know, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's like, hey, you can keep developing the game, but come work, come back and work for us. <laughs> just, yeah. you know, I just can't see that happening, you know. The way Iron Mace is, like, their 
like this is the this is the thing i don't really know you know what's up with environments because because there was the whole thing with the one of the developers you know essentially during covid lockdown he was like hey you know can i have a private server to upload stuff it'll make work so much easier blah blah, blah. They're like, yeah sure do that and then after covid he kept it up and they're like yeah that's fine and then eventually it became an issue and you know whatever and then that was like a separate matter but long and so like there's been issues between the workers and and nexon and then they go off and make their own game and the nexon season it's like hey that's that was the game you were working on because a lot of the stuff does like, I mean, it's, it's a similar concept, you know, and I guess you can't trademark an, an idea, but they seem to think that there's um, enough evidence there to say that they are infringing on some things outside of just the corporate uh, trade secrets act, which, you know, I, I, I can see the, you know, you would, I just, I just think it would be a bad precedent to set, for this idea like you could just work for anyone you know develop this product for a while and then be like wait a minute why aren't i just doing this for myself and then just leave and then make the same you know almost the exact same idea you know you take all that i can i can see why that's a bit of an issue you know so i don't know and it's a little different there because nexon shut down the project that they were working on and you know apparently they were really passionate about the project and they believed in it you know maybe they had some different ideas of certain things like you know monetization this and the other which is totally fine mm-hmm. you know i don't know it's it's a really weird spot to be because i also like the game and i would like to see it i really would like to see it play out because a lot of people seem to really like the game <laughs> like a yeah. lot there's a lot of interest in it and i'm very curious on how that game is gonna perform and and the you know longer run um will it still be popular is it just a hot fan you know etc um so yeah it's kind of a bit of a downer if um things do go south and we may not ever get to see what what that outcome would be there's a lot of downers right now church what's going on why is why is is everything why does everything feel like feel like crap all of a sudden what's good what's what's happened what's happened I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of. I, I really think there's, like, for me, the anti-cheat stuff was kind of a downer. But like on the flip side, I do like because I do think making a survivalish game, Tarkov's like kind of a. I mean, it is a survival game, but it's it's a little different. But like, because some someone was saying this, like in the past ten years, only like two survival games we got is DayZ and Rust. Mm. That's really it. And there's been a lot of attempts at like how many times have you seen the words open world survival game, you know, and the and the game's just like nowhere to be found after. I mean, there's so many like memes about that stigma of just making yeah, guys, I'm making another open world survival <laughs> game. It's just like it's so funny, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah best, best hope that uh, Shroud and uh, Sacriola, you might make sure the anti cheat layer is you know. <laughs> Well, that's the thing that the the cheat dev was talking about, or anti cheat dev was talking about, is that you know he he really appreciates the opportunity to talk about this stuff because he does think that there needs to be um, players need to voice that this is important to them because the people at the top 
level that are making these decisions may not necessarily think it's worth doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because this is a money game as well. There's the, the business side of doing. Um, and you know, having things like you know, like requiring users to have this, you know, meet all these conditions so they could play in just the lobbies. You know, some someone might see that and be like, oh, I don't like that idea. You know, that's going to cut our bottom line. Whatever, blah blah blah. But yeah, so. Um, on the flip side, I say, I'll just say on the flip side, you know, I, I do think someone out there is either currently working on or is at least looking at the success of Tarkov, you know, possibly with a bigger budget resources and is doing something, you know, possibly the, the splash damage thing. I, I wanted to look up who splash damage is owned by. I remember looking it up earlier. Because I, I is it ten cents? I think they're actually owned by. I think 10. it is ten cent. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> That's good and bad though. Hey, yeah, I know. It's just, ah, oh, dude. The, I'm just, I'm always like weary of. Um, I know exactly what you're going to say. Microtransactions, dude. Like just the just the egregious ones is so. Like the Cycle Frontier has microtransactions, but like they're so non-invasive. They're not loot box related. You know, it's like battle pass. Like you, you get some free, you know, skins with the free one and like some free loot. But it's all like such a drop in the bucket compared to like the stuff I used to play, dude. Oh my god, it was literally, literally giga. It was literally a slot machine, <laughs> and then balls, a ball would drop out and you open it. Be like you just got the legendary gun that's exclusive to this gambling program. It's you're now going to wreck the lobby. It was it was awful, dude. It was actually yeah. awful. So, and that was that was from Nexon, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Alliance of Valiant Arms. Oh my god! But um, yeah, I it just makes me really worried about stuff like that. Like, claim now your survival package and get your free G thirty six when you start out fresh on the each as you stop yeah. your moves. Only fifty nine ninety nine. <laughs> This is the problem with all these things, right? It's like, is that is actually the same? It's it's the same but different as back when, you know, I was looking at VR and looking at the Oculus and stuff, and I've got like the CV1 and Oculus was doing their thing and then they all got bought out by Facebook and they were like, oh no, don't worry. It's, you know, we're going to be doing our own thing. We're, we're standalone, you know, they're just there yeah. to, you know, <laughs> like let us grow or whatever and like, you know, right. take the money, as, you know, as, as we're growing. And then slowly, like, you know, they're like, there's, there's the mothership here and they're giving funding and they're doing their thing and it's just like, they're sort of slowly orbiting and then they <laughs> they eventually just get sucked into the black hole. Like, everything gets rebranded, like, everything goes to shit. It's just, <laughs> yeah. It just it always seems to happen that way, you know? They just can't, you, you can't resist the, the pull of whoever it is that's like your overlord. Unless you do manage to really, really, really keep it separate. So I, don't, I don't know. I'm not sure whether they, whether they will or not remains to be seen, but... um. Like having the backing is not necessarily a bad a bad thing, but yeah, you right. worry the other side. Yeah, it's you know the, the 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 boardroom people is what's. But this is the thing. This is why you know I think maybe, uh, you know, there's when I first heard about the shroud and sacred thing, I'm like, eh, what are they really bringing to the table? You know what I mean? <laughs> like how much value is that really adding? I'm sure there's you know value, but you know, is it just like one big marketing, you know, uh, strategy? Um, but if they advocate things for, you know, like, hey, you know, we should have TPM enabled, you know, we should have 
this mm. security feature thing. You know, we we want these. You know, these are good things. You know, we want people want this. You know, they do kind of then. Yeah, I think that's you know a a good a win overall. So yeah, and I'm not yeah. trying to say that you know Tarkov's in the grave now. You know, um, like I said, I just I personally think that. Because there was one other thing we should talk about quickly was um, within Goats. So I watched Goat stream instead of uh, the videos. That was like the first one that came about of the okay. anti-cheat um, interview. And he had a segment earlier where he uh, looked at this Reddit thread on the Escape from Tarkov subreddit where it was a interview 2005 Sorry, not 2005, 2015 interview with Nikita and like at some Russian game devs conference, whatever. And um, the like auto translator, whatever, you know, made it sound very odd because he was talking about, you know, he was talking to essentially about um, the business model of the game, which was, you know, microtransactions. And there was just some weird, uh, you know, uh translations like it uses donations instead of um anyway so goat got someone who's you know fluent in in russian and could you know translate this so he got kind of like a more precise translation and and also played tarkov and had some context mm-hmm. to work with you know all these things are important and um you know nikita it, it seemed like nikita was essentially saying that um the uh the problem with the microtransaction model was that you know it's free to play they come back and like sure they buy like they buy skins right or whatever but then they get banned and you know they would see their income go down you know something like this effect and Perhaps Nikita thought that if they switched to a more premium model where, like, you know, you uh, you had to, like, pay a fee every time to play the game again. Like, sure, you got banned, right? Mm-hmm. But now, like, you can't just come back and play for free. You know what I mean? Like, you lost your 60 bucks or whatever in that yeah. cosmetics, and they're less likely to buy cosmetics because now they're a cheater. You know, they're marked, right? Um, it's like, why I'm just going to, I'm just going to get banned again. Yeah. I'm just going to, but, uh, but it's fine. It's a free game. So if it's like not a free game, then maybe they'd be less likely go kind of like, uh, that was sort of his extrapolation of it. Um, which I think kind of makes sense. And, you know, I can kind of see that, but, uh, you know, I think obviously cheaters are, some cheaters are willing to pay $2,000 for their cheats a month. So, you know, it may not represent everything, but anyways, it's uh I forgot where I was going with that. Um I just get it, dude. Like why do people spend so much money on it? It's so insane. It's so insane. It really does split the, the human population into like people that derive no value from get it, yeah, they're taking a huge advantage and feeling like they've they've succeeded, versus people who do derive some kind of value out of that. And it's a very clear defined sort of split between those two people, right? It's like as you said, yeah, you've you've like fiddled around with it before. And it's just got no, it gives you no satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it does for some, for some reason. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I think it's a big power. Like, you just, you, you... You don't even know these people. Like, it's just like, it feels so weird. You know, like, it would make, it would make more sense if, like, the dude's on your street, you know, and you, like, got to see the reaction, but you just, like, shoot at a body in a video game, and then they fall over, and you take their stuff. You, like, don't even know who they are, like, where they, where they are in the world. Like, it's just so, like, abstract. Well, I yeah, I don't Maybe necessarily I just, think I, it's I don't like... Get, I don't get it because I don't get it, right? Do, do you know what I mean? Like, I can't understand yeah. it because it's, like, it's not how my... That's just not how my brain works. I mean, I, I would speculate that it's not necessarily, like, power over other people. It's just that you are now powerful. You know what I mean? It's like you... Maybe. You went from a... In real life, you went from a knife to a gun. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? That's just, like, a huge jump in power. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, I could see it being like, and then imagine one day, like, let's say, okay, let's say you, this is such a bad, like, with everything going on, it's such a bad attitude, but, you know, we'll say for self-defense, you have a knife, right? And then one day you upgrade to a gun. And for like months now, you've been upgrading to a gun. And previously the knife was like very risky. You had to get up close, you know, and in combat, whereas the gun is now just like, you just pull the trigger and, <laughs> and you defended yourself, you know, threat eliminated. And uh, <laughs> Kate Kona clap, but and then imagine one day, you know, someone takes away your gun. We're like, well, shit! Now I got to go back to the knife, and the knife was like really risque. You know, mm. it was like nowhere near as powerful. You know, I, that that's kind of my thing is like I could see how people could get essentially addicted to it, where it's like going legit is just unimaginable you know what i mean because you yeah. you're you don't have any of the skills you developed you know with like i i, I could see it you know it also i, I don't know for, for me the thing that would would ruin it i guess and it's mm -hmm. like in other games where you know you can like single player stuff where you can turn on cheats and just like yeah. auto build stuff and whatever it kind of like ruins the the immersion layer you know, once because like it really does lay bare the fact that it's like, oh, it's a video game. You know what I mean? Because like you get you, know, you get immersed in these things, and that's why they're fun in the first place. Because they mean something to you, and or it's like it, it's it's skillful or in, or thought provoking or whatever. And if you just like circumvent all that stuff and just like you know give yourself infinite resources, is not Age of Empires or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. You you can you can kind of like ruin the game for yourself a bit because you're like, oh well, you know, the, the original the the base game is so laborious or whatever in comparison and then i i can sort i can sort of see it i can sort of see it you know it's like you've played you can see everybody through the map you know where everyone is and you're just like oh it's like it, it sort of almost degrades the legit game for you even when you do go back you're just like you know what's the point kind of thing yeah i think it's like in the single player um realm it it makes sense because you like a game like dark souls for example um, a lot of people were really upset, or Elden Ring, I should say, um, that there wasn't a difficulty slider, you know, that upset them. not one at all? No. And <laughs> they, I, I still need to play that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you should. And they, they were, you know, they were kind of basically doing a hard stance, just being like, no, like, this is just, this is how the game's meant to be played. And it upset a lot of people, you know, there's a whole this discussion about, uh, you know, um, uh, what's the word? Not inclusivity, but um, accessibility. That's the word. Mm. Um, and whatnot. And But if you put cheats in the equation, then you can basically gear the experience to your liking. You know what I mean? You can adjust the difficulty 
to where you're going to get the most out of it in your mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I could see how the same logic could be applied and, you know, oh, I'm just not, you know, I just, I don't have the time to invest and to get good or, or whatever. I just won't be good, whatever, whatever you come to. Or I just need, a, I just need a little bit extra help. You know, I just need a little bit extra info <laughs> to know where these guys are, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, I, I could see it. Mm. Yeah. I can, I can certainly see it for people using ESP in particular. I've said it like a billion yeah. times on, on stream now, actually, just how like kind of insidious it is because of how hard it is to detect. Because if you're doing it smartly, then like it's very, very difficult to actually ever know if someone's using it. And it doesn't necessarily make you that much of a better player. I know Goat spoke about this, right? It's like there's guys who did the wiggle. They've got like KDs of like one and a half or two. And they've got like you know, terrible, terrible stats because they're just not very good. Right. And they've got ESP so they can see where all the people are because they're just like not good at shooting <laughs> you know so like like i can sort of see it kind of but um i don't know man i don't know it's it's rough it's one of those things where you almost you almost feel at one at some point you're just like is it even worth them playing tarkov like would, would they be would they be better off just doing something else i mean each to their own right but well this is the other super interesting thing is like what is it like cheating is such a okay, cheating is a problem in Tarkov, right? We all can we all agree with that. But which is it? Is it that people don't care about cheating because they're still willing to play the game, right? Mm. Or is this the game so compelling that they're willing to put up with the cheaters in the Tarkov? Uh, uh, definitely the latter, <laughs> I think. Is it? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I would probably lean that way as well, but can't say for certain yeah and it's not obvious enough enough of the time to really stop people uh from playing and until it was yeah, revealed yeah, right yeah. in the goat video that's when we've seen them more people than normal saying like okay now i've seen it i've seen what it's like yeah. like it hasn't actually really because a lot of people have asked me on the stream as well like has this really affected you know have you, is there a big change like is it is it way better now i'm like Guys, it feels exactly the same as it's always felt to me. Like, I, I can't tell. Like, when people are saying, oh, the cheating situation's really bad, feels the same. And people are like, oh, there's a huge band wave. Like, everything's great. I'm like, feels the same. Maybe I just suck. But, you know, it's, I, just, I just can't tell. And I play solo. So yeah. those, those two things compounded. I'm just not sure. But it's, it's that weird, subtle thing of, like, when the community feels like it's bad, everyone's sort of complaining right. about it, even though they, if you were on your own and you didn't have Twitter telling you, you may not even notice. You know, yeah, people find it very hard. Like it's it's just human nature, right? We find it very difficult to isolate our own experience away from the social media, like echo chamber or whatever, um, and have that like pollute our thoughts. It's just kind of like how we're designed, right? It's how we're how we're designed to be social with each other and like to share information and and things. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But it's just it's just felt the same to me forever for the whole time. Like even like before. Through the crisis, after now, after the ban wave, now that people are supposedly coming back, I just, I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I, um, I agree. I think it's really there's like few cases where it, you, you know, I, I would feel like conf like I just the other day I was playing the cycle and this guy like he's using you remember the Osiris the burst pistol? Hmm. Um, he came around the corner, he was really close, and I think he like triple headshotted me. Like I just like got absolutely deleted. And um 
was like, huh? like, was that legit or not? Like, I don't really know. You know what I mean? But I think like, I, I initially I talked to, to like, oh yeah, that was a good shot by him. But then now it's like, oh, well, thirty percent. You know, is he a thirty percenter? You know, I don't know. Well, there's, no, there's no cheaters in the cycle, though. <laughs> oh, the cycle doesn't have any cheaters. It doesn't. It's totally cheat free. Totally cheat free, of course. How, how did you find it playing? Was it was it good? Um, I'm kind of going through it still. It's uh, it's okay. I think my problem with it, you know, right now, there's some interesting changes they made, but my problem with it right now is it's so overly simplified and like, um, I don't even know if handheld's the right word, but like, here is the linear. It's so linear that mm. it's kind of. It feels like you're playing like I I don't play I never really played these games but it feels like I'm playing WoW you know it's just like kind of like mm. mindless grinding away at quests you know what I mean that's yeah, very go like, and fetch me three of these you go to the place and fetch the stuff right, you go you to the loot spot and fetch the stuff and then leave yeah it's like you, yeah and then go back to the yeah. quest giver and he's like okay now do that again you know and it's just like but I want to go do this other thing it's like mm, what are you talking about? That doesn't exist. You, you, this is the way. This is the only way to play. You know, it feels it feels very like that, very rigid. Um, because like you 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 the second map you have you can unlock after a certain amount of quests you do or something. I don't know what the requirement is, and but then there's really no reason to. Go, I mean, like there's I, maybe there's a reason to go there, but like I don't have any quests there. So like, what's the you know like sure the loot's better, but like. What am I gonna do with that? Sell it? You know, I don't know. It's it's a, it's it just feels something feels off about it. And also the stakes don't really feel that high, which could be good or bad depending on who you are. Like for me, I feel like it. I would like the stakes to be higher. Like, yeah. Um, but they've done some interesting stuff, so I kind of want to like play it out and see how it goes. They've changed. Um, one of the big things is they're not doing any wipes, which is really interesting. Um, they're gonna do some sort of like prestige thing. They haven't really released much stuff about that yet. They're still like kind of finalizing that stuff, but they're gonna do some like you know you can wipe and get something from it. You know whether it's cosmetic. They don't again. This is all just like they don't know yet. But uh, the they like change. They made gear more spawning. I think I talked about this last time. So I'll try. Yeah, to be you brief. said about this last time. Yeah, yeah it was spawn, more rare. Yeah, and I found. Um, found some stuff already in like lock rooms. Like lock rooms have more valuable. Um, like they have a better chance to spawn stuff like this. So it's uh, yeah, I kind of want to play it out for the for those reasons to kind of see how some of those things go. Oh, the the other interesting thing is essentially they made the better guns more expensive by making the amp. They broke up ammo because used to be like oh. universal ammo, like yeah, medium ammo for like your you know guns but now it's like medium ammo goes into the some of the like standard guns and then if you want to use like the more like the blue tier guns you need the blue ammo and and it's like three to four times more expensive than the you know and that makes it uh interesting because um you you can't just like it's going to be expensive if you want to go pub stomp, essentially, you know, go bully some white gear players. But anyways, it's it's a, it's an interesting endeavor. I'm kind of just 
filling it out for now. Mm. I think the, the thing that I maybe found a bit uninteresting was just like the loot locations. I always found them a bit. I mean, I, it's hard to say because there were like puzzles and stuff to like open doors and things, which is kind of cool. But I just found like a lot of the places to go quite uninspiring. And a lot of it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's that much different to Tarkov. It just feel, I don't know. It just feels a bit lackluster to me. You know, it's like you go to the, the lab bit, the optic lab bit, or whatever it's called. And then you just like wander around and grab some stuff and boxes. And because there's no, I guess maybe because there's like, there's no flea or whatever. Like the flea in Tarkov's like super fun. It is super fun, even though it kind of breaks the game in many ways. Mm-hmm. I still really enjoy it. <laughs> just the player market. I feel very like alone in the cycle because it's just like you and the you and the traders, and that you're crafting, and that's about it. I, yeah. I think I just like having the concept of the flea there. It feels like you know the player base is sort of connected in some sense. Maybe I'm just romantic about it. I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, the one thing I will say is I don't like how. I mean, I guess Tarkov kind of has this problem. I don't know. It's just weird. But it just feels like you just press F on everything because you, like, there's so many quests, like, especially now, because now you have the dailies that you can also stack on top mm. of. And they'll be like, turn in 10 compound sheets and eight, you know, ball bearings or whatever. And so it's like you essentially always, you know, can put that that loot towards something, you know what I mean? Whether it's like a hideout yeah. upgrade, a crafting thing, a, a quest thing. So it it kind of makes uh, I'm starting to get in the stage where I need to be more uh, specific about what I'm looting. But like early on, you can just like just press F on everything. It feels like you know. But yeah, I don't know. There, it, it, I'm so I'm like super interested to see how the game progresses as far as like popularity and stuff because it's it is like one of the things about the. Um, like it's just I I can like kind of describe why I don't find it enjoying you know but like why do other people not find it enjoying that's also what I'm interested in. There's how many people on now then? So there's eight thousand. That's better mm-hmm. than what it used to be. I think it was like three. It's actually a big jump. I don't know what happened. Oh, was this? Did they announce something? Oh, like yeah, Wednesday the, the season. Like... That's when the oh, season just started. Dropped. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of rough though for like a new season to to come out and it's like eight thousand people. Yeah, Before well, that, it was it was literally like the peak was like a thousand five hundred. Yeah, so it's it's you know, <laughs> you know e- EU morning, which is like low time anyway in in Tarkov. That's like you know triple digits, like nine hundred people playing. Yeah, which is a bit a bit sad. Yeah. Although it's going up, maybe more people are finding out about it and going back and having another go. Yes, I was watching Shroud stream because he was streaming. I'm assuming he got maybe he didn't get a sponsor, but whatever. Um, Someone in chat was like, damn, there's more people watching than playing right now. It's like, yeah, he's right, though. He's right, though. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, that's a bit sad, isn't it? But no, it's, yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit crazy. I think, like, did, I think Clean put something about this. Maybe I talked about last time. I don't remember. Just about how there's like, there's all these random games that are sort of of that genre. Uh, I can't remember what the other ones are called, but there's like loads of ones that I just keep seeing here and there that I've never played that like mm-hmm. random people play. And they've all got like a few thousand people playing them. And there's like so many now. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Someone else was showing me a game. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And then I looked at the player count and it was like, you know, 100 people. But like it was mm-hmm. such a, it was such a cool idea. And just, you know, and, and it goes back to that thing we were talking about with the anti cheaters. Like, dude, you, it's like, you, 
spend all these resources on anti-cheat and then making the game and then no one plays your game <laughs> you know exactly which i know jaeger's put a, a lot of uh the cycle devs put a lot of work into their anti-cheat and it sounds like you know they've done a um a good job of securing their game but uh will it matter you know if no one plays your game i don't know yep that's the thing that's the thing it's so so tough so tough for kind of indie style devs and we do we do have a lot of these we have a lot of these games right now though, so I'm, I'm not sure if we necessarily need more i mean i just i'm such a specific kind of player anyway i just like play one thing to, to, to death i've yeah. always been like that so i don't normally have time people are like oh have you played this i'm like nah have you played this I'm like, nah have you played this nah <laughs> you know this is like these five games from the past 10 years i probably haven't played it <laughs> cool all right well, I think that wraps it up for today's episode. Uh, unless you got anything else, Google. Nope, all good. We'll see what next week brings, and hopefully I'll come back reporting great success of a Vertex on Lighthouse next time. We shall see. We shall see. All right, take care, everyone. Catch you later.